This is the Fantasy Football Podcast, where we take data and convert it into fantasy success. No bias, no hot takes, only victory. This is the Fantasy Alchemist Podcast, and now your host, Dustin Chandry. Welcome into episode 51 of the Fantasy Alchemist Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin Chandry. And for today's episode, we will be looking back at week 15 with key observations and trends from around the NFL. But before we get started, I want to remind you, you can follow and interact with the show. We are on Twitter at FFAlchemistPod. Now verified, again, we are at FFAlchemistPod. You can also email the show at FantasyAlchemistPodcast at gmail.com. We'll start with the Saturday slate of games, and we'll start with the Minnesota Vikings. Now, with Alexander Madison out of this game due to a concussion, Ty Chandler got his first opportunity in the starting workhorse role, and he responded. He had 27 opportunities. He had 23 rushing attempts plus four targets. He had over 150 total yards. He had a touchdown. That all equaled 24.7 PPR points. He finished as running back four on the week. Now, Ty Chandler's 27 total opportunities in his first start equals Alexander Madison's career high in total opportunities. Again, 27. But Chandler's total yardage and fantasy points in his first start exceeded any game that Alexander Madison had previously had in his career. Now, it's kind of a shame that we're already into week 15 and we're finally seeing Ty Chandler get this opportunity. Of course, Madison was the starter. The Vikings traded for Cam Akers a few weeks into the season. Both of those players are now out injured. But if Madison were to miss any additional time, Ty Chandler should be an automatic start given his usage and his performance here in week 15. Now, opposite the Vikings on Saturday was the Cincinnati Bengals. And first, we'll start with their backfield where... Rookie Chase Brown only played 13 of 70 snaps on Saturday. He played 18% snap participation, but he had 10 total opportunities. He had seven carries plus three targets. Now, last week, Brown had 11 opportunities on a 30% snap share. So his opportunity volume is very similar to Joe Mixon, even though his snap participation is woefully behind. Now, when he is on the field, the Bengals are actively trying to incorporate Chase Brown, even with his limited snap participation. If we were to see some shift in that snap share between Brown and Mixon, Chase Brown could become start-worthy here down the stretch. As for the wide receiver group, prior to week 12, the Bengals wide receiver group accounted for 71% target share combined. However, since then, it has decreased dramatically. Here's the week by week. Again, it was 71% coming into week 12. In week 12, it was 56% target share for the wide receiver group. Week 13, 64%. Week 14, 46%. Week 15, 52%. The takeaway here is that the Bengals under Joe Burrow had a highly concentrated target share. However, under Jake Browning, that target share has become significantly more fragmented across the running back, wide receiver, and tight end group. Now, I will mention within the wide receiver group, it looks like Jamar Chase is going to miss an extended period. At least he will be out in week 16. Now, T. Higgins was back above 80% snap participation last week. He played 87% of snaps. That was his first game above 80% since his week 10 return. 
Now, Higgins has only played five games this year where he has been above 80% snap share. And he went over 19 PPR points in three of those five outings. And since last season, when T. Higgins plays at least 79% of snaps, he averages almost 17 points per game. And when you remove his week one goose egg where he had eight targets and no catches, he averages over 18 per game. So Higgins definitely sees a bump in the event that Jamar Chase is out for an extended period. Vikings wide receiver Jordan Addison had two more touchdowns on Saturday on six targets. That equaled 29.1 PPR points. Now on the season, Jordan Addison, he has seven total touchdowns on 56 receptions. That's 12.5% of his receptions going for touchdowns. That is just an absolute touchdown magnet. Now when you compare all other wide wide receivers and tight ends combined for the Vikings, looking at their touchdowns and their receptions up to this point on the season, it combines for 5% of receptions going for touchdowns. And again, Jordan Addison is at 12.5% of his receptions are for touchdowns. Week 15 marked the first game this year where Jalen Warren started to see some positive traction against Najee Harris. Now, Jalen Warren for the Steelers, he played 69% of snaps on Saturday. He doubled teammate Najee Harris 40 to 20 in terms of total snaps. Now, Warren's average snap percentage from weeks 1 through 13 was 45%, and the delta between all 13 of those games was actually pretty close. Week 14, he saw an uptick up to 53%. At the time, that was a season high. And then, of course, he increases significantly in week 15 up to 69%. And while Warren's 10 carries plus 6 targets did not yield quite the fantasy production we were hoping for, it was still 11.8 PPR points, which was good for running back 20 on the week. So right in, right at the end of the running back two range in terms of the weekly result. As for the wide receiver group, we are finally starting to see some positive touchdown regression happening for Deontay Johnson. Of course, we highlighted the fact from 2022 all last season through week eight of this season, Deontay Johnson had 173 targets over that season and a half. Of course, he had zero touchdowns in that entire span. Now, from weeks 9 through 15 this year, he has 41 targets, he has four touchdowns, and he has scored a touchdown in three straight. Now, keep in mind, two years ago in 2021, Deontay Johnson was seeing extremely high target volume plus adequate touchdown production, and that yielded him as a top 10 finish at the wide receiver position. Last year, he still had very strong target volume, but obviously he had zero touchdowns. This year... He looked good for the first half of the first game, then he hurt his hamstring, missed a month and a half of the season, and as he's come back, we're now starting to see that positive touchdown regression, but the offense as a whole is really struggling to the fact that Deontay Johnson is now not seeing the target volume that we were accustomed to him seeing in the previous two seasons. So, so unfortunately for Deontay Johnson, his touchdown regression is now happening at a time where his target volume is being suppressed due to the overall offense. And then the last item for Saturday, we'll talk about the Detroit Lions. Two players to highlight here. Rookie Sam Laporta, he had three touchdowns on Saturday. That bumps him to nine total touchdowns on the season. And since 2021, only two tight ends have had 10-plus touchdowns in a season. That was Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. They both did it last year. Not a single tight end did that in 2021. Of course, Laporta is doing this as a 22-year-old rookie. Sam Laporta... 
needs to be ranked as the dynasty tight end one. And then teammate Jamison Williams for the Detroit Lions, he set a season-high mark in Week 15 in snap percentage at 68% of snaps played. He had seven total targets, which was a target share of 22%. His previous high on the season was only a target share of 13%. He had four receptions, and he had his highest target per route run rate with at least 50% of snaps played at 27%. So Jameson Williams, a season and a half later, finally starting to show signs of life. Now moving on to the Sunday games, let's first talk about the dreadful performance from the Atlanta Falcons, who had 17 combined targets on Sunday. Kyle Pitts led the team with four targets, and, and this is a good example for why target share isn't as important as volume. Again, Kyle Pitts had four targets. That's 24% target share because the total pie, 17 total targets, is so small. Now, the Falcons have had four games this season below 20 total team targets. It represents four of the lowest 10 instances of any team target volume this season. Now, the Titans have been below 20 total targets twice. A handful of other teams have done it once. Again, the Falcons have done it four times this season. And if that wasn't frustrating enough, Bijan Robinson played a season-low 58% of snaps. That, of course, excludes his Week 7 game that, for all intents and purposes, he really did not play. So again, Bijan played 58% of snaps. His total opportunities in this game, 7 rushes plus 3 targets, 10, 10 opportunities, lowest of the season. In Week 1, that was the only week where Tyler Algier had more total opportunities than Bijan. But in this game on Sunday, Algier had 15 opportunities to only 10 for Bijan Robinson. And of course, he killed anybody who had him in the fantasy playoffs with 0.4 fantasy points. I am just begging and pleading that the Falcons will fire Arthur Smith. Now, over the last three weeks, the Cleveland Browns have completely transformed their offensive approach. Now, from weeks one through 10, their average per game rushing attempts were 30, was 32.3. Their total targets was 31.5. So very, very balanced between rushing attempts and total targets through the first 10 weeks of the season. Now, from weeks 11 through 15, the Cleveland Browns total rushing attempts per game 23.6 on average, and total targets has jumped to 40.8. They've been significantly more pass-heavy than they have through the first 10 weeks. Now, the biggest beneficiary of this is tight end David Ninjoko. Over that same split of games, average targets per game for Ninjoko, weeks 1 through 10, he averaged 6 per game. Weeks 11 through 15, he is averaging 10.4. And on top of that, Ninjoku's yards per target has almost doubled in that same span. From weeks 1 through 10, his yards per target on average was 3.7. And from weeks 11 through 15, he is at 6.3. And since we're on the topic of the Browns, we have to talk about Joe Flacco. Because on a points-per-game basis, and yes, that we're only talking about a three-game sample since Joe Flacco has taken over as the starter. But over that three games on a points-per-game basis... Joe, Joe Flacco is first in the league in passing yards at 313 passing yards per game. He's averaging 19.8 fantasy points. That's seventh best in the league. That is better than guys like C.J. Stroud, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Justin Fields. He has seven total passing touchdowns, does Joe Flacco. That is the same amount of passing touchdowns as Deshaun Watson had in six games played this year. That is more than Kyler Murray in five games played this year, and that is more than Kenny Pickett in 12 games played this year. 
Buccaneers wide receiver Chris Godwin on Sunday had season high marks in targets, 12 receptions, 10 yards, 155, and PPR points. He finished with 25.5, all of those season high marks. Now Godwin also had a season high in target share in that game at 42% and a target per route run rate of 30, 36%. Now from weeks one through 13, Godwin was averaging seven targets per game or a 22% target share, and he has peaked significantly over the last two weeks at a max of 42% on Sunday. And teammate Rashad White continues to be one of the best values in all of fantasy football this year. Now, he has ranged between 19.6 and 21.9 PPR points in each of his last three games. In fact, Rashad White is one of three running backs in the league with the following profile, averaging at least 19 opportunities per game, has scored at least eight touchdowns, and has played all 14 games this season. The only other two are Christian McCaffrey and Travis Etienne. Rashad White is currently running back four in total points on the season, and he was drafted in the early 20s at the running back position back in September. There's been three games this year where the Chicago Bears have had Khalil Herbert, Deontay Foreman, and Roshan Johnson all active, all three of them in the same game. And in those three instances, here's Roshan Johnson's opportunity share. That's the share of running back carries plus targets. In week one, it was 35%. Week 11, 19%. Week 14, 11%. But on Sunday, in week 15, it jumped to 49%. This backfield is still going to be very much a committee approach, but we are quickly seeing Roshan Johnson become the 1A in this unit. Packers rookie Dontavian Wicks has seen three straight games of accelerated utilization. His snap rate over the last three games has gone 39%, 63%, 78%. His number of routes run 13 to 23 to 31, and his targets have gone from four to six to seven. On Sunday, he had a season high in yards, 97 yards, and PPR points, 14.7. With Tyreek Hill out of the lineup on Sunday, Dolphins teammate Jalen Waddell posted his best receiving numbers of the season. He had eight receptions, 142 yards, one touchdown. He had 28.2 PPR points. Now what's interesting is that Waddell only played 67% of snaps in that game. In fact, Jalen Waddell has only been above 80% snap share in three games this season. Furthermore, this is only the fourth game this season where Jalen Waddell has had at least eight targets and a better than 75% catch rate. Now he averages almost 20 PPR points per game in that four game sample. Now I still think he is worthy of a top 15 dynasty value, but there's no doubt that he has been a redraft bust at his ADP. Chiefs rookie wide receiver Rasheed Rice continues to accelerate in usage while holding his per snap measurements. Now since week 11, this is what his snap rate has looked like. 57%, 67, 69, 85, and then on Sunday, a season high 92% snap share. And over his last four games, this is what his per game average looks like. Nine and a half targets, 84% catch rate, 84 yards receiving. He has one touchdown in three of those four games, and he's averaging 20.1 fantasy points. Not only has Rasheed Rice cemented himself as the wide receiver one for the Kansas City Chiefs, but he has now supplanted Travis Kelsey as the best fantasy asset in this offense. 
Saints running back Alvin Kamara only played 51% of snaps on Sunday. That was the second lowest of the season. And his four-week trend in snap share looks like this, 64%, 58, 54, and 51. However, it has not stopped him from being an elite fantasy producer. Now, his PPR points per game from weeks 4 through 10 was 20.5 points per game. He had the week 11 bye, and then since then, weeks 12 through 15, he's down to 18.5. So only a two-point difference, even with the decline in snap participation. Another running back with troubling snap share on Sunday was Giants running back Saquon Barkley, who played a season-low 50% of snaps. He also had a season-low 11 total opportunities. Now, he also had 14 rushing yards on 9 carries. That's a yard per carry of 1.56, which is the lowest of the season, and is and it is the lowest for Saquon in any game since 2020. Now, in this game, Matt Breida, he ran just as many routes as Barkley and was pretty even in snap split through the first three quarters. So definitely a concerning development for Saquon Barkley here at the end of the season. On Sunday, the Houston Texans finally turned their backfield back to Devin Singletary again. Now, Singletary had over 75% snap share when Damian Pierce was injured, but when Pierce returned, it moved closer to a committee situation. Now, Singletary, over the last four games, this is what his snap share looked like. 82%, declined sharply to 46%, 57%, and then accelerated even more on Sunday to 75%. His total opportunity count, 13, 9, 16, and then peaked significantly again to 31 total opportunities on Sunday without C.J. Stroud in the lineup. Singletary's 21 PPR points is the most points that he has had with Damian Pierce active on the season. Since week nine, when Zach Ertz went on IR, Trey McBride leads all tight ends in the NFL in the following. Receptions, yards, team target share. He has a catch rate over 80%, which is in the top tier of tight ends. And he has 15.3 PPR points per game, which is less than a point behind Sam Laporta and TJ Hawkinson, who both have more touchdowns than Trey McBride. Now, I'll also mention teammate Marquise Brown was questionable with a heel injury on Sunday. He was unable to play in the second half, and because of that, rookie Michael Wilson, he led the Cardinals in snaps and routes run. However, he only had three targets on 40 routes. That is a 7.5 target per route run rate, which is the second worst TPRR on the season for rookie Michael Wilson. Commanders wide receiver Terry McLaurin, he had his first 100-yard receiving game of the season on Sunday. Now, his... The number of 100-yard receiving games that Terry McLaurin has had by year looks like this. In 2019, he had three. In 2020, he had three. 2021, he had four games. 2022, he had four games. In 2023, again, this was his first game, and he has three to go. By the way, Terry McLaurin has a 38% catch rate in the last three weeks. He has 10 receptions on 26 targets, so there's still a lot of fruit on the vine for Terry McLaurin to realize here over the last month of the season. Now, one player I was very wrong about in my weekly rankings was Antonio Gibson, because even with Brian Robinson out, Antonio Gibson did not see any noticeable increase in his snap rate or his opportunity volume. He only played 28 out of 60 snaps. He had four carries plus five targets. And shockingly, the nine opportunities is the lowest number that Antonio Gibson has had in a game since week eight of this season.
And then lastly, we'll touch on just how sensational Bills running back James Cook has been down the stretch. Now, he has been a wild asset to own this season. If you look at his PPR points per game, weeks 1 through 4, he averaged 14.5. Weeks 5 through 10, he decreased to 9.7. But from weeks 11 through 15, he has accelerated to 24.1 PPR points per game. And on Sunday, James Cook, while he only played 37 of 67 snaps, 55% snap share, which is pretty much right in line with his season average, He did have 25 carries plus three targets. That's 28 opportunities, which was a career high. You see, James Cook got an opportunity on 75% of his snaps played on Sunday. The previous high on the season, based on a minimum of 35 snaps for a running back in a game, was 70% by Javante Williams in Week 8. Now, the league average for running backs who played at least 35 snaps in a game was 43% of their snaps, generating at least one opportunity. Of course, James Cook, again, had the season-high 75% on Sunday. So I'll wrap up episode 51 of the Fantasy Alchemist podcast. We'll be back with another episode on Thursday with recommended players you should not be afraid to start as we continue into the fantasy playoffs. So for Dustin Chandry signing off here at the Fantasy Alchemist podcast. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Alchemist podcast. You can follow the pod on Twitter at FFAlchemistPod or email us at FantasyAlchemistPodcast at gmail.com.